Survives Wingfoot. Now the moment Aaron Bradley has waited. Curry Webb is the five-time Australian Open champion. Golf at its best by one of the best in golf, Peter Thompson. Stand in front of a crowd like this today and win the PGA Championship is pretty special. He's done it at last. Greg Norman. Stonehaven Cup. Leash been to 11 under. And we've got a new leader, kids. Here it is. Adam Scott. A life changer. Coming up next, you have unrestricted access to golf across Australia and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going inside the ropes. Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au. G'day everybody, welcome to the show. It is Inside the Ropes. Raise the bat for us if you wouldn't mind. Episode number 50, well played everybody involved. We did it. Some said we wouldn't get to five. Well, here we are, 45 later at 50, which is magnificent. Uh, Andy Murray alongside Mark Hayes, who returns to the fold after a far too lengthy break, I might say. Uh, congratulations on the nuptials and extended holiday thereafter. Nice to have you back. How was it all? Fantastic and really privileged to be sitting here much more tanned than you and my fellow co-host today. <laughs> and the fellow co-host, it's all part of um, the regeneration and the youth policy <laughs> that we have here at Inside the Ropes. And we mark our 50th episode by introducing the youngest member of the team by a long, long, long way, <laughs> Justin. Long. long way, <laughs> Justin Falconer. And again, a very long. So people in golf have got very long titles. Digital content coordinator from Golf Victoria, soon to be, of course, sharing that role across the national body. How are you, Justin? Good, Murray. Thank you for having me. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Mark, for having me. Justin, <laughs> no, no, it's a pleasure. We would be nothing. This show would be nothing without him. Let's be I honest. said milestones only, so episode 50, I said, no, <laughs> right, I'm on. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, that's a big game only. I yeah, like that. That's it. For those who don't know, and how would you, I suppose, Justin's the man responsible for doing a lot of the great videos you see from uh, the, the, the tournaments, not not just in the last couple of years with Golf Victoria, but before that um, with ICEC Golf and, and, and uh, other such entities, and... He's the man who's, uh, we're, as you say, Andy, we're grooming. He's the, he's the heir apparent. <laughs> the work that I'm most fond of uh, from Justin Felgner is some of the green screen work that he's done yeah. in the past as we've done oh, some yeah. of our promos back in the old days uh, when Inside the Ropes first started. Some of your work on some of the green screening was <laughs> outstanding. <laughs> it was some of our very best. You can probably dig deep enough that you'll find it if somewhere really on the internet. It. You yeah. don't probably need to. But <laughs> <laughs> there was all sorts of stuff going on in the background. Um, Hazy, there's been a bit go on since you've uh, been away. So feel free, feel free as we drift through the various bits and pieces if something springs to mind that is relating to some of the big ticket items that have happened while sure. you've been away. Thread it through because I'm keen to get your thoughts on, um, you know, US Open, Phil Mickelson in particular, other bits and pieces that you weren't party to on the way through. So if, if an appropriate time arises, Done. feel free to launch, okay? Thanks. And I just big thanks to everyone who, who carried the can for me in particular when I was away because I, I thought the last four weeks was... Great listening. I, I piled them all in. Some well people done. have said the best four weeks in the history of Inside the Ropes. <laughs> wasn't I, can, I can hardly believe <laughs> that. But no, no, no. I actually absolutely I concur. You know, it's it's fun to actually sit and listen to it mm. from the other side for a while. So thanks, especially to Blakey. Yeah, okay. shout out to Blakey. Super job. Did a pair of work. Super job. Uh, so let's 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 kick it off with the the biggest tournament on planet Earth last week, and that was the Women's PGA Championship. Uh, thrilling finish. And arguably, arguably the best shot we've seen played in the 
in the, arriving at our end point and the eventual winner, arguably the best shot of 2018 was played uh, by the eventual winner of that championship. My favourite shot of the year for so many oh. reasons. Mm-hmm. And hark back to Billy Haas if you want to get a picture of what, well, try and explain it. But Sung Hyung Park, the eventual winner, was in a power of trouble on the, on the 16th hole. She um, hit it into a hazard just in short of the green on a par four. Um, her playing partner, uh, So Yon Yu, was one shot clear and about to make a birdie to go two clear with uh, Nasa Hadaoka already in the clubhouse um, uh, on the same score as Park. So this was a do-or-die situation. A caddy's gone down into the water to assess the lie of the ball. It's that far down. Uh, he's come up with good rep- good reports. Wrecked shoes, but good reports. Beyond the call of... No, not, not absolute... Call of Duty stuff. <laughs> but it was, it was at the end of the Call of Duty. He might have gone too far. But it was just awesome to watch what he did and didn't even think about it. No. Just, you know, just jumped in with his shoes, assessed the situation perfectly, gave an, um brilliant audio coverage of a, you know, what he thought should happen. Um, ball just above the water enough to get a club on it. And he basically said, even though it was sitting nicely, you don't have to swing at this too hard. You can just bump it up onto the green here and give yourself some sort of par putt. Uh, don't swing too hard. Um, you run the risk of all sorts of calamity if you swing too hard. And uh, she clearly took it on board to a point, had a discussion, went down there, got the lob wedge and swung like Jim uh, tool on World of Sport. <laughs> Thank you. Axman, ready. Go. Uh, unbelievable. Yes. Like one of the biggest swings you'll ever see with presumably a 60-degree lob wedge. It's gone a mile in the air uh, and landed, what, two feet yeah, from, two the, feet. from yep. the hole and yeah, stopped almost dead. Shot. Um, just one of the more extraordinary shots from... If there's one millimetre wrong with that swing, it's embedded in the bank. Mm. It goes back in the water. It rebounds into the water 40 feet back. There's so many things that can go wrong. Yeah. Major championship, flops it to two feet, makes the putt, watches So Yon make a double on the next hole and then wins the playoff a few holes later. Mm. An extraordinary turn of events. What a shot. It was phenomenal. It was a great golf shot, uh, full of ticker, Great execution, uh, brilliant. Everything you said about the byplay between the caddy and the player was outstanding. And if you ever doubt the fact that there is, this is a team, yeah. you know, like we, it is very much an individual sport, but there come there comes a time yeah. uh, where this is obviously for those who haven't been in the cut and thrust but have watched enough of it, this becomes every bit of team effort. And that was every bit of team effort on 16. It was fantastic stuff. It was a good playoff too. The first hole of the playoff, there's that nasty hole, 18, and yeah. they all hit the fairway. I think it was NASA just missed the fairway, but they all found the green, or Soyeon was on the fringe of the green, then she knocked in her putt first, yeah. made birdie. I think there was, I heard that there was one birdie on that hole in regulation all day was Sarah Jane Smith, and then there oh, were right. two in the playoff. Yeah, I think I read that on Twitter, but it was, yeah, it was exciting, and she... Yeah, she was clutch, wasn't she, on the way to winning? Extraordinary. Three majors, Andy, so yeah, far in yeah, the women's yeah. season and three playoffs. Mm. So it's been exceptional golf when it matters the most. So a couple of things. You mentioned Sarah Jane Smith. Again, the best Australian fin- finisher at a major championship. She's she's found a, she's found a new level for herself, I reckon. She, yeah. I don't know whether she surprised herself with this, but she's now found a new – the watermark for her the, has, has risen. And um, she hopefully believes that sooner. If she doesn't already, she does sooner rather than later because she's clearly got a game now that at the end of the day when you count them all up, she's getting closer to the very very best players and the very best events. I was fascinated to listen to her talk a couple of weeks ago on the podcast after the US Women's Open. That was brilliant to hear. It sounded like she'd found something that made Mm. her more content. Mm. And, And 
to me, she, I've been a big fan of her and Dwayne. They're a great, fun-loving combination mm. to watch go and play golf. Um, to me, she's always made enough birdies to contend at that level, but she's made a string of bogeys here and there. You know, if she has that week where she can wipe those fives out off, off the cart, we've got something boiling there. T, T5 and T11, back-to-back majors, that's good going by anyone's standards. Here, here. You mentioned the winner and one of the uh, runners-up. You mentioned um, NASA Hadawoka as well. 64 in the, 19 years old, 64 in the final round. She, she attacks pins. She's fearless the way she played. Her final round, from awkward positions on some occasions, no playing for the middle of the green. Do you remember at the start of the year when I said, watch out, because you know, Justin and I have been over with the Australian Amateur Championship, and we basically said, watch out for Japan. I do that, remember that, you saying that, actually. I yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. They cleaned up both men's and women's titles um, mm. in Perth in January, and you just got that sense that something was happening. And NASA Hadaoka is the, is the flag bearer for this new wave of female women's golf coming out of Japan. And she is a jet. Ooh. She's got an Australian coach, Gareth Jones, um, a huge Australian link to her golf, and she, you know, she's a ripping young lady. Won the week before. 60, she got 63 in the final round last she week did to win. Too. Yeah, yeah that's and right. then comes out and shoots 64 this week to get yeah. her. That's, that's bottle for that's someone serious, that age. Yeah. So, brilliant stuff uh, again. Uh, and uh, the women's game is, you know, obviously in a very healthy place, and we'll continue to watch it. Um, the PGA Tour, speaking of healthy place, and we'll sort of connect the two big men's tours here through the prism of Ryder Cup, I reckon. Yeah. They are in, they are in, I reckon maybe three or four weeks ago, maybe six weeks ago, the American team was shaping as being <laughs> all, like ominous. It was so awesome. If you go on Twitter, that's what you believe. That's, that's, what all you believe. They, that's all they talk about. It's a very good point. Mm. <laughs> well, suddenly the European team is emerging uh, and Francesco Molinari, who's been in cracking nick in recent times, becomes the first Italian to win on the PGA Tour since 1947, I think I read. So it wins by eight, absolutely brained him. Now, it wasn't the Mm. best field assembled on the PGA Tour this year, but he did put them to the Italian sword well (laughs) and truly. This was a phenomenal display by Molinari. 62 in the final round, I think it was. He was sort of, they were there and thereabouts. He got to the 10th. He made a downhill putt for Eagle. Eagle, yeah. Rattled off four straight birdies after that and sort of said, see ya. Thanks. See ya. Ta-da. From about 50 feet, I reckon, too. Yeah, that it was that Eagle putt was. Six hundred and five holes in the fourth round will get you, get you the chocolates a lot yeah, of days. it goes okay, doesn't it? It goes <laughs> all right. You're gonna, even if you're going to win, you're going to jump past a few. Yeah. He put them away uh, unbelievably well. So, uh, we'll... we'll you know, obviously, we'll talk about the European Tour in a moment and why this team is starting to really put itself in a position to mm. uh, make the Ryder Cup, which it always is anyway, but particularly unmissable this year. But there's there's almost a bigger story to emerge from um, the PJ Tour event. Uh, the Quicken Loans was it? The Quicken Loans? It was the Quicken, Quicken Loans. Loans. Quicken no, Loans. Yeah. yeah, I hate calling them. <laughs> um, uh, then the winner, and this is something I know you're pretty keen to have a chat about, Hazy. The Byplay that occurred between Joel Darman and Sung Kang. This was uh, this has got a bit of fallout attached to it, I reckon. Mm. Bit of runoff. This is. Uh, I'm just stealing myself. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know where right. this is going to take me, Andy, because I'm filthy with this. Well, you've heard, you've seen him when he does this. Yeah, no. You're now you're now going to look in the, look in the eye. And... You're now going to be party to it. Yeah. Hazy off the long run, ladies. Do and you want to explain it before I give my tuppence worth? 
Oh, you go ahead. Go it on. came out on Twitter the day after the tournament. Oh, no, I the actual was. shot. The actual what happened. I'll, I'll, oh. have, a, I'll have it cracked. Okay. Like, it's, a, it's a par five, the 10th. Yeah, at correct. TPC Avenue. And he's Kang, the Korean dude, has actually tried to take on the green for two. Cut the corner. Cut the corner on the left. And the ball didn't emerge out of the hazard. Never, not never before seen, but rarely seen <laughs> evidence of a blue was the fact that they let a group through on the USPGA Tour. Mm. Never happens. Like, it so rarely happens because they're so far back anyhow. It's right. Yes. So 25 minutes of arguing ensued. Mm. A guy on Twitter, this is what you're about to say, yep. asked Darman the question. Yeah, someone sort of raised someone's eyebrows and they were there and said, what happened for that 25 minutes? And Joel Darman, who was playing with Kang, didn't hold back, said that... Uh, quote, unquote. Quote, unquote. He said... I haven't got it in front of me. Oh, so oh, Kang... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Jim Duke asks a question. What happened on 10 today? Not often groups of players go through on the tour. Must have been an interesting rule situation, says Joel Darman. Kang cheated. He took a bad drop from a hazard. I argued until I was blue. I lost. That's what Joel Darman said. Mm. That is one of the more extraordinary tweets from any golf you'll ever see. Uh, they get away with murder on so many different levels, and you never, ever, ever hear players pot people like that mm. publicly. So he said, it was a typical, this is more Joel Darman on Twitter, it was a typical dispute about where or if it crossed the hazard, spelled with double Z. Uh, it clearly <laughs> did not cross the hazard, fan. double Z again. We went back and forth for 25 minutes and he ended up dropping closer to the green. At that point, there is nothing I can do. If I don't sign the card, a rules official will. I would just be delaying the inevitable. That is, I didn't understand. No, he could have absolutely could have dug his. He could have. Yeah. Uh, there is definitely commentary you don't often see. This is definitely commentary you don't often see, but it's certainly important. Uh, I went and followed up the rule, and I can talk to you about that later if we're still rabbiting on about this. Yeah. But there's all sorts of things that happen on all tours around the world. Players know that some players are a bit looser with the rules than others. You still never hear no. Kang cheated. No. So here's Darman. A, a journeyman by any measure, late twenties, maybe thirty, uh, fairly nondescript physically, hasn't done a lot to you wears know, funny hats. Yeah, <laughs> just a normal guy. He wears bucket head hat, bucket hats. We we love the bloke who does that yeah. on PJ Tour. Yeah, it's he's a guy who actually has the pills to stand there and and argue the toss for something he firmly believes. He's never. I don't know Joel Darman from a bar of soap. But I'm firmly in his corner. You do not find any pro golfers on any tour wanting to gun down their opponent. You find the occasional one willing to stand up and say, you're, mate, you're doing something wrong that's affecting the field. Harking back to something else we'll talk about in a second. Yes, we will. But you never hear that just strong language, direct language, yeah. Kang cheated. Now, I'm not, I don't want to cast aspersions on Kang, and I don't know if he did or he didn't. I wasn't there. But I'm going to back Darman. You do not argue that unless you you're fair dinkum. Yeah. So to the rule, this will all wrap together in a second, Andy. To the rule, the rule is a player can refuse to sign a card, but if someone can corroborate what happened, um, that person can effectively sign for it. So the rules official down there would ultimately have signed. Once he's given the all clear for the drop, he would ultimately sign the card if Darman refused to sign Kang's card. Now, Kang has gone on here to run third. His second best finish on the US PGA Tour. He's qualified for the Open Championship at Carnoustie. He's pocketed an absolute mozza. This is complete crap, Andy. This is complete crap. 
Darman's prepared to put his entire reputation on the line to say this guy cheated. And this guy's walking off with all the bells and whistles. Mm. He's just one sale of the century. This is bollocks. Mm. The tour has to stand up here. It's a players union. We get that. But it's about time that the USPGA Tour in particular stood up for what's right for golf. Let me be devil, devil's advocate, and we'll bring in the Phil Mickelson stuff here sure. because, it, because, it, because it feeds in. Um, the Mickelson stuff, we saw. We saw what he did. That was, that was beyond dispute. Yep. And they, mm. still didn't, they still didn't throw the book at him. I will right? just say that's the USGA. Yeah. That, that, that is true. That is true. But we're talking about authorities. Yep. We're talking about the authorities who have got the, the opportunity to rule for the good of the game. Yep. Make a, make a statement on behalf of the good the integrity of the game. Yeah. They didn't do it with Mickelson, right? I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying about the Joel Darman Sun Kang situation, but let me be devil's advocate sure. here. This is is this not a one word against another? How do we how do we how do we resolve it if neither party wants to give ground? How does it how do we get to the next level and get any clear resolution when when it's one person's – and there wouldn't have been a massive gallery following Darm and Kang. There's not a lot of people around there clearly no, and I who would are say buying the, into this. The, the gallery know? was on the opposite side, side of, of the fairway, fairway right. you know, away yeah. from the hazard. Yep. So there's going to be a problem. Even the guy who, who actually saw the thing on Twitter you know, couldn't he, understand what he, he was going on. He wanted clarity. He didn't have an answer. No. I, I, did a, I did a deeper dive on the thread of Joel Darman coming on Twitter, and there was a guy called Michael Clock who said, I was on the green behind doing Shotlink. He reckons he was working for Shotlink. And that ball never came close to coming back inbounds and going back out of bounds. I'd be interested in he was talking to someone else. And he's saying, here I was, this was my shot leak points, which is a little graphic that shows up showing on the BGA Tour leaderboard yeah, where yeah, the ball yeah. lands and all that. Uh, Red 4 is where Kang got his drop, a.k.a. claims his ball came back in before, before going back out of bounds again. It went straight into the Reeds Creek. So, I mean, this is just he said, she said. Well, well, well that, and, that, and, and to answer your question, pretty, which I think pretty strong, which yeah. I think it's fantastic and great research diving. How did you do diving? that? Just, what, we don't dive see, here. No, young guys. too much time no. on Twitter. Like, young guys. They know about that technology. Shouldn't be a compliment. They know about technology, <laughs> Hazy. There is a place. There is a place for teenagers. On <laughs> like the youth policy is already. <laughs> exactly. I like it. I like it. <laughs> but just, you know, I appreciate that it's a devil's advocate question, but. My, to my point earlier, Darman stands doesn't stand to benefit from you know making a liar no, out no, of this. Yeah, and true. someone will say, Darman, pull your head in if that's not true. Mm. You know, the rules official will come out and said, No, that's not right, Joel. Pull your head in. I'm going over. We're going over here. But there's been no one who's come out and said that's wrong. But meanwhile, good old Kangy boy, he's off to Scotland with a with a money dragging out of the bottom of his pocket. So you were drinking pina coladas and um, sitting by pools when Phil Mickelson was do- doing his thing. <laughs> wow. What did you make of that? Well, this falls into the exact same category of shafting the rest of the field. Kang, Phil. Yeah. Do, look, I understand his frustration. There are actually ways he could have got around it without doing that, mm. i.e. maybe letting the ball run down the off the green in front of the bunker and come back and declaring it an unplayable lie and coming back and having to putt again. Mm. Would have solved the problem. And it's by law, I mean, it may not be ethical, but by law it's fine. By law, he's busted the rules of the game of golf wide open. I know that everyone's had their say on this, but that's a disqualification. Yeah, willful, the willfulness of it all was the thing, wasn't it? That and hasn't it, gone it's, away. It's not affect, like, it doesn't affect yeah. so many things immediately there, but it affects everyone around trying to make $8,000 at the US Open. Not the blokes who you know go and drop 50 large at the casino. They're not 
these are the ones we're not worried about. It's the ones who are trying to battle to make a living. Mm. All the good, honest pros who get shafted by the fact that the tour or the USGA or whatever in this instance will look after the blokes they know. It's a disgrace, Andy. I've had a gut full of it. JB Holmes, six-hour round, four minutes over a ball. Embarrassing. Complete joke. Um, you know, we've we've seen the backstopping fiasco, and I want to congratulate Clates for taking it uh, Spot on. R- right up to Jimmy Walker. That was fantastic Ed from a, li- a little bloke who apparently had played 20 years on the Australian and European tour, <laughs> uh, taking it to, to Jimmy Walker. I thought that was fantastic. Was but, great. you know, that, again, it's protecting the rest of the field. Mm. And anyone who can't see that is absolutely kidding themselves. And I, this is all a bit of obscure link now, but, you know, the U.S. tour in particular has made very little uh, commendation or comment about things like the ball. You know, when the USGA and RNA say, right, it's time to go on the ball or there's something happening here this year, they just say, no, no, we'll just sit back and watch. You know, our hands are tied. We'll just get some more research. Crap. Absolute crap. What about when Australia, for example, or other tours, and we heard Ernie Al speak a few weeks ago about the um, the unfortunate place with which or that unfortunate hands that are dealt to other tours outside the US. You know, um, this year on the Australian tour, we've got three big weeks on the Australian PGA tour in, in the early part of the summer. The Australian Open's been bumped back a week to accommodate the World Cup, which I can't wait. Well, the World Cup's going to be awesome yep. at Metro. Don't, don't get me wrong. Mm. I can't wait for it. I'm really pleased it's coming. It shafted the Australian Open into the week of the Race to Dubai final. Mm. This is the sort of thing where, where tours have got an obligation to the game of golf. To stand up and be fair income to the punters and to the lower players and everything else that you know backs the game globally. I'm getting sick of it, well and truly. I don't know what else. How's he going? How's he's, he going? He's firing he's up right, nicely. Isn't he? yeah, he's level. right. It's just nonsense. It just no, happens yeah. and happens and happens. Mm. And, and I appreciate that the USPJ Tour in particular is a players' union, but you, as the game's most powerful single entity, and I include the RNA in that, unfortunately. They have a responsibility to the sport. Far too often Mm. they pay lip service to it. And in the case of um, so many sporting bodies, and you can extend this beyond golf if you want to, and there's cases in point (laughs) this week where this applies, it's it's how it looks is far more important than how it is. And the... And that that does no one at the end of the day any good whatsoever. And and even in that case, how it looks um, is so detrimental to the sport because they don't deal with actually how it is. If it, what I've said then makes any sense now, to any of you, you are geniuses. But I know what I mean, and I'll, that's all that matters. I'll put it into context. A handful of years ago, Dustin Johnson has a an undisclosed penalty. But you're off the tour for a while, Dustin. Mm. No explanation well. what it is. But everyone knows or everyone thinks they know and they talk about it as if it's a fact. And mm. it pro- look, it probably is. What do we know? Mm. The PJ covers it up. We deserve better. We don't need to be treated like some other sports, which I'll reference in a second. He falls down the stairs at Augusta National two Aprils ago and everyone just assumes that he's on Uncle Doug's again. <laughs> like, he's tumbling downstairs before the Masters. <laughs> Are you kidding me? He's mm. got to be off his head. Mm. Like, that's... Unfair. Well, they let the play. They let the play down. Well, it, you, oh, if, no, you, it's, yeah. if you tell the mm. truth at the start and give people yeah. the respect they deserve, mm. then things become much more explainable down the track. I mean, you brought up 
a sport this week. Well, here we go. My last one, Andy. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> absolutely <laughs> the final off at the mouth. Chris Froome and the joke that is the Tour de France, and this is from a, 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 a long-time grizzled cycling fan who I've given up on it, and I'll t- I can talk all day about this. I refuse to watch it. Chris Froome's situation is a debacle, right? That's the end of the cycling talk. But the sport, in by any logical man's, woman's, child's uh, reckoning, reckoning right now is even more farcical than it normally is. Well, this is what happens when those in charge refuse to look after the integrity and the good of the game. Mm. Big picture. If they let if, exactly, if they let other interests get in the way of what is the right thing to do, then at the end of the day, the game suffers. Correct. Uh, and that applies to any sport, and it can apply to golf uh, as easily as it can any other sport on the planet. So I, I just don't want golf to get into that situation where we're we're looked at. We're a long way from the cycling reputation, so don't get me wrong. But I just don't want. Um, you know, our sport to get into the position where it can be looked at as a bit of a laughing stock. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we need to pitch in behind the Australian PGA and the ALPG and all these things to give them the, the push, the power to actually fight the fight against these other tours. Hmm. Um, because w- if we argue collectively, we might be heard. If we argue, you know, independently, we're, we're toast. Agreed. Um, we got to see, again, uh, the National in Paris, just out of Paris, mm. uh, where I think we are going to be set for a pretty epic Ryder Cup. Um, Alex Noren just uh, prevails as others either fail or fall or fail to rise. It was one of those classic final days where the will of this man is just great. He's, he's awesome. And you know we saw the young kid from Sweden, three Swedes in the top ten. Uh, over the French Open, mm. uh, which is just noteworthy. Uh, Marcus Kinholt? Yeah. His sister is also Jet. a young girl. How she's, old is she? She younger than, She's only 21. She's younger. She's the seventh female amateur in the world. Uh, they are going to be quite a duo. He's, he's quite something to watch, this kid. Now, he's 21, and yeah. it fell apart pretty early for him. Just, do you, were you watching any of this in the final round? Yeah, I watched a little bit. His ball left on four, where he sort of tried to hit that three wood out of the ankle deep rough mm. off the tee, which just sort of bunted back onto the fairway. Mm. And then he's, he's got about 170 there or thereabouts, might have been a fraction more, into the green. And he hit it. And this is where you actually you, you can sort of you take some stock out of all of this. I've never seen anyone hit the ball so left, so far left of the target. He was, uh, <laughs> he was seventy-five meters left of where he wanted to hit it. And Further left than Stalin. That's what you. Want that's to say. what. That's. I wish I'd have said that. It was. Um, <laughs> so it was remarkable. Now the kid made triple, and it was sort of all. He just yeah. never quite got himself back under, um, sort of back on track after he didn't really. He had a double on the back nine that he probably ten or eleven, maybe eleven yeah. or twelve, but. Um, but he's a player to watch. Yeah, he's. I remember it would have been two or three years ago, he was playing in the Swedish Open, his home uh, national event, and he was an amateur still. He would have only been yeah, 17 or something. And he was. I think he was leading at the halfway mark, and he was the first amateur to lead a European Tour halfway or something. And he was just, he looked like the real deal. He'll he's, be a really good player. He's going to be He's going to be a player. But um, Noren, I thought, I thought it was interesting, because it was obviously, as soon as Justin Thomas went over to France and played, and it was all about the Ryder Cup and... And then Noren came. He was seven. Started the day seven back on Sunday, 
he walked over the top of all of them. And then to then wake up the next morning and have Molinari do the same thing on the... I thought it was kind of like planting the flag. Yep. yep. Especially for Molinari to do it in the US. Sort mm. of like a... Yeah, we're, we're the real deal. Because there's a lot of a lot of sort of banter and bickering on Twitter and online about our Ryder Cup team's going to be better than yours, blah, blah, blah. And because we're obviously not in it, we sort of sit back and I just enjoy, um, enjoy the, the chat. But I thought those two big wins, big events, that was, that was a pretty big deal for Europe. John Huggin on Twitter. Never a man more <laughs> delighted to post a tweet than he was that no. tweet. I'm starting to get really worried about the upcoming European Ryder Cup team. <laughs> no one seems to be playing well apart from Molinari, Norin, Ram, Garcia, Rose, Stenson, Hatton, Fleetwood, McElroy, and Casey. These guys have no chance. Uh, it was beautiful. This course, um, you hear stadium mm. course, you hear that, you know, and it is built for big event golf. Yeah. What did we think of it? What did you did, what did you like? What didn't you like? If there was anything either side, it was interesting. I I watched probably more European. We were talking about this, Andy. I've yeah. probably watched more European tour than PJ tour because each week you get something a bit different, and it's it's obviously a more friendly time to watch. But it's this course was I flicked it on, and I was like, right, what am I going to think of this? And it was it was interesting. So I think it'll be a great it'll be a great layout for it, better than somewhere a bit more bland. And um, but it felt there was a lot of things about it. I think. It seemed a bit different to what it normally is. I think a lot of people were saying it's normally a lot wider and there was knee-deep rough. It was very US Open-y, I thought. There was this knee-deep rough that Poulter got in on Saturday and he was just he couldn't get it out. And it was just... I did sit there and think to myself, like, why, why would I want to watch this kind of golf? It's not that... Tyrrell Hatton, uh, they did a couple of on-course interviews mm. throughout the tournament uh, and Hatton was did it a couple of days in a row. I really like Tyrrell Hatton. I think I might have yeah. mentioned that a while ago on this show. <laughs> I like his fiery. He's yeah. got a bit of something about him, and he's I think he's got a lot of game. And he was saying that um, they could. he liked the fairways to be widened, yeah. and he liked the grass to be cut back. Mm. And um, I think everybody in the world of golf would agree with him. And yep. there's just the run... You'd like to see some of the runoffs around the greens. You don't, On 2D TV, you don't quite get a sense for mm. you know what the runoffs actually like from a topographic perspective. But you'd like... Rather than that second cut be sort of three, four inch deep grass, you'd like it to be more Australian. I, I would anyway, in its nature, have the ball run off into gathering areas, and um, it's it's got a touch of a U.S. Open course look and feel about it in that regard. But I think it's going to be a bit of fun. I think I think the, I think it's going to create quite an atmosphere mm. um, once we get there. Uh, for the Ryder Cup. It's going to be pretty special, I reckon. I thought it was really cool that Justin Thomas went over. and Yeah, it's good. Obviously, he was probably twofold prepping for the Open in a couple of weeks, but he obviously made a key point to go to that golf course and have a look at it, and I thought that was cool. He said, I remember he said after, I was got a quote here, they said, what are you going to tell, obviously, your colleagues, the fellow US team members? He said, sounds like for a lot of the most part, everyone knew that it was a narrow course. I'll just reiterate that to them. It's not like there's any groundbreaking stuff that I learned here. I definitely learned some stuff. It's all right in front of you. There's not any blind shots or anything like that. You just have to go out and execute. I thought it was interesting that he sort of... There wasn't a heap that he'd learnt, but he just wanted to come and have a cider and... Yeah. Don't think it had anything to do with the uh, couple of lobsters that found it found uh, their way into his wallet? No, no, I'd, I'd like really? to think not with okay. Justin. You continue bit... to think that. <laughs> so, he, he, teenager. <laughs> he's, not, he's not wizened and cruel by life yet. It's, all, a, it's not all about the money, the, that's a, I'm, That is one thing that I'm a bit disappointed about, I reckon, Justin. The mm-hmm. fact that he said to you, Justin, mm-hmm. not, not Justin Thomas. Both. Uh, both. <laughs> that, that it was just 
seemingly about the numbers for him. Yeah. You'd like the course to ask a few more, mm. you know, you'd like him to be walking away going, no, no, this is great fun. You know, yeah. there's different shots and, you know, it, there's a wow factor and I love the way you can, you know, come in from different areas and, gee, the greens are great and, gee, you've got a whole lot of questions that asks you off the tee. If he's fair income, mm. and I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be, I'm a bit disappointed that he wasn't uh, overly challenged by the nature. Okay, you got to hit it straight and long. Oh well, great. Mm. You know, fantastic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I uh, I also think his mo is hit it as far and as hard as you can off the tee, and mm. then just figure it out. So he's not like he's yeah. laying back and figuring out that a five iron on the sixth will do this, and a three mm. iron on the ninth will do that. Mm. He just bashes the ball. Let's well, be honest. That's what he does, yeah. Uh, let's get a break out of the way. You're listening to Inside the Ropes. Episode number 50. If you've been with us since uh, episode one, well played to you. Uh, Luke Mackey's going to join us on the other side of the break. Sports medicine and performance manager. Golf Australia. There's a really important camp taking place over in Houston at the moment. We're going to find out a bit more about that after this. Hi, this is Sherelle McMahon. Swing Fit is the fun, healthy, social way for women to get started in golf. You'll learn the basics of the golf swing and how to putt over a six-week program and get your whole body moving through yoga and Pilates-style exercises. You don't need any golf knowledge or equipment. Simply turn up in comfy clothing and get started. You'll be surrounded by like-minded people and receive constant support. So get outdoors, meet new friends and learn a sport that you can play for the rest of your life. To find a program Visit swingfit.com.au. G'day, I'm Jared Felton, and I love catching up with Inside the Ropes. Welcome back to the show. It is Inside the Ropes. Uh, Mark Hayes, Justin Felkiner, and Andy Ma. We're about to touch base with a bloke by the name of Luke Mackey, who is the, I think I've got the right title. You people at Golf Australia <laughs> have the longest titles in the world. Sports Medicine and Performance Manager Golf Australia. Have I got that right, Hazy? Oh, I think so. I ran off the end of his business card. I couldn't no, figure no, it too out. Too many words. Cards aren't big enough. But Luke Mackey's been. In a, in a nutshell, has touched base with every professional Australian golfer, man or woman, on planet Earth in the last little while, and he's about to give us a status update on every single one of them. Uh, he's, it's about it's just gone midnight as we record over in Houston, which is where we find you, Luke Mackey. Thanks for joining us on the show. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Nice to finally get to Houston. Uh, it is very nice to get to Houston. It's pretty steamy here. It's about 32 degrees still, uh, midnight. But, uh, yeah, nice to get out of Chicago finally. And that wasn't as easy That wasn't as easy said than done, from what we can gather? No, no. Got caught up in the electrical storm, which uh, which tainted the, uh, the ladies' championship this week. So uh, over 500 flights cancelled last night. So it was a bit of chaos. Ooh, and only 200 of them yours. So you've done well to get there. <laughs> Uh, for those who don't know Andy, I, and we we probably should get this on Luke's business card, he's affectionately known as the difference <laughs> to all in the uh, strength and conditioning game. Uh, he's the man who's uh, responsible for, in, in all seriousness, for a lot of the strength and physical conditioning, but also a bit of mental stuff that he does with the crew too, uh, to get the best out of all the players, um, regardless of status of their career, uh, gender, anything like that. Luke is the one that the players turn to the most, and he's in Houston this week because the national camp, Golf Australia national camp's on. 36, 37, Luke, maybe players coming down to the woodlands in Houston, Texas to get a, a bit of your love, but a bit of uh, from the other providers of Golf Australia as well. Yeah, that is correct, Hazy. Um, we've got uh, both the girls, boys, men, women uh, within the U.S., uh, so 
summer. We've got all the boys who've just been over in the UK uh, competing in the British Amateur and most recently the European Championships in the Netherlands last week. Uh, a couple of the girls are on their way across after a few US Amateur qualifyings. Um, so we've got 32 of the best up-and-comers, uh, as well as a couple of our rookie pros are also checking in with, uh, with coaches, physios, uh, strength and issuing staff, just to check in amongst their, uh, their hectic schedules. Does anybody else do this, Luke? Do any other um, golf federations or associations around the world have this kind of um, facility or camp available to their global touring players? Uh, good question. I uh, I just uh, spent two weeks ago, I was over on the Challenge Tour uh, with Benny Eccles. So that's our secondary tour to the, to the Men's European Tour. And uh, I caught up with uh, the Norwegian physio. Uh, I caught up with one of the staff from the Swiss, Swiss uh, sorry, the Swedish Federation. Um, and most of the countries around the world are beginning to put uh, put camps and and some staff together for players. But I think we probably have one of the more comprehensive uh, programs, just based on uh, geographical location, I suppose. Luke, you obviously see a lot of these guys and girls throughout the year, sort of all over the world. What sort of stuff are they going to be doing this week with you specifically now that you've got face-to-face time with them all? Uh, well, the, the one for the, I suppose, for the for the men that have been on the road for the last three weeks. So uh, for those that don't know, we've had a group of about eight to ten guys that have just gone through, started in St Andrews, the St Andrews Lynx Trophy, yep. uh, then went on to the British Amateur at uh, Royal Aberdeen, and then... Uh, most of that group competed in the European Championships last week in the Netherlands. So for the guys, this will be their sort of fourth week on the road. Um, and it starts off for, for hopefully most of them six weeks, six events in a row, uh, leading, uh, finishing off at the US Amateur, which is going to be at Pebble Beach this year in, in sort of mid to late August. So this week for them is sort of a bit of a reset, I suppose. Uh, we've got two of our, uh, our gun physios over here. Um, so the guys will get plenty of treatment. Um, make sure that they not only check in with the staff back home, but but check in with the guys here. You know, we've got Trackman, Putt Lab, uh, things like that. And we've got Ryan Lumsden, our uh, our 3D expert as well. So the guys, I suppose, if you will, it's it's a training camp, but it's an in-season training camp. So a little like some of the AFL teams have done in the last couple of weeks with the buy rounds, I suppose. It's a just it sort of hit the reset button and. And while they're in their in their main competition for the year, that, that they have the opportunity to check in with their coaches. And you've mentioned a lot about the amateur players who are out and about around the world, uh, Luke. But it's it's instructive to me to hear you say that some of the rookie pros are coming there. I know there was quite a handful of pros last year, even a couple of seasoned ones. Um, why is it that they come back? Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, they I can understand first, second year touring amateurs around the the global scene wanting to pop in and do this, but they obviously see some bigger benefit, the guys who have been out there four, five, six more years. Yeah, well, I suppose, you know, it's, it's very difficult uh, being essentially 24 hours from home um, for most of these guys. So, you know, someone like a, a Curtis Luck, for example, I think uh, is just gone maybe his eighth week in a row this week uh, on the web.com. Um and then uh, someone like Ryan Ruffles, they've got a, a mid-season break on the Latin America tour, so he's chosen to come in this week. Um, he's got uh, the ability to catch up with, with coach, physio, um, and, and not have to, I suppose, head all the way back to Australia. 
Um, and the guys know know what they're getting when they come to a camp. You've got not only the, the staff, I suppose, but you've got you know 30 of the best amateurs and, and young pros in the, in the country here. So that you'll find, quite often find the guys being able to get out for nine holes and play as well. Um, you know, whether it's short game putting, competition holes, things like that. So um, you know, it's a great opportunity for them to connect with the with the other Aussie pros as well and sort of feed off that. Now, mate, before we ask you about who you've been seeing in your travels around the universe, uh, we already mentioned a name in the earlier segment, Nasa Hadaoka mm-hmm. from Japan, who's got a big, strong Australian connection, coached by Gareth Jones, who's been a long-time member of the GA team. Uh, she was there last year, I believe. Is that right? And and she's taken that to, to bigger and better things. I mean, she's we'd like to think of her as part Aussie now. <laughs> yes, yeah, I suppose like Aussie Kim in the, uh, in the tennis as well. Exactly. Um, <laughs> NASA was here two years ago, uh, I believe, and she came down for a full week. Uh, she had her, uh, she had Gareth Jones, her coach, who used to be with the uh, with the South Australian squad and one of our national coaches, um, as well as Greg Rosenbauer, her uh, her physio as well. So she was here basically for a full week, um, much like our uh, our Curry Web Series winners in in Becky Kay and Grace Kim will be this week. Um, but she was basically at a time, you know, six months out, I suppose, from when she was deciding to turn pro, uh, used this as, as a real, um, uh, a real in-depth week in terms of being able to train and practice, you know, full on with her, with her coaching team. And then she took that into some competitions across here. And, and ultimately she had a, a tough rookie year last year and then she's exploded this year. So, um, you know, seeing her train here two years ago, there's no surprises that she's, uh, mm. She's right up the top in the in the women's game at the moment. Talking to Luke Mackey, uh, sports medicine performance manager, Golf Australia. Before you start going through some of the individuals, Hazy, Luke, a lot of it sounds you know technical, state of their game, you know all that sort of stuff. Uh, but I imagine there's a component of what you do over there at the Woodlands that is about the mental health check as well, like how these guys going, how the girl, like time away from home, they may not be getting the results they want may not be heading, you know, or playing the sort of golf they want or banking the sort of money they want. How much time is dedicated to just sitting down with them and making sure that they're tracking okay, um, you know, from an emotional perspective? Oh, definitely. Um, and, and I suppose that's the, that's the challenge, you know. We're talking about having one individual who's travelling the world, you know, if it's in America, they might do, you know, 25 to 30 states in a year. If you're on the European tour, you might travel across 15 countries. Um, you know, there's no real base for them. Uh, so this week, you know, for a lot of the guys, it, m- it might be their second or third time back to the Woodlands. So for us, it's a bit of a home away from home, um, as well as having all your all your friends and uh, and companions that you've been travelling and practicing and playing with for the last three or four years. Um, whether it's whether it's uh, something specific to to your performance from the mental standpoint. Um, it's probably just more sort of well-being, if anything, um, mm. and having uh, having 30 other Aussie accents uh, sort of get at you while you're on the range trying to practice is, is another part of it as well. Luke, who, who have you seen, mate? You've been on the road for a while and you've spent a lot of time in the US in particular this year, but obviously in Europe as well. Uh, who have you seen lately and, and how are they tracking and, and what should we be looking out for in the coming weeks and months? Uh, so uh, I've sort of been on and off the last few weeks, but I've uh, spent a little bit of time recently with Ben Eccles on a challenge tour. Um, he had a top ten, top ten last week at, uh, in Scotland at the Scottish Hydro, uh, and this is his second full year on, on challenge tour. 
Um, much like the other guys, Benny's you know finding his way out there. It was really interesting last week when you when you're looking at a lot of players um, that you've seen in the amateur game. You know, we we sort of went into the lunchroom and you had the table of the French, the table of the you know the Italians, and you had the, the Norwegians and the Swedish, and then there was sort of Benny and and Dimi Papadopoulos, and um, and then you know a couple of guys from from a few random countries. So. We're sort of up against it over there, but Benny's doing a fantastic job. Um, he's with his coach in, in Prague this week, and Darren Cole. Um, Darren's been a few weeks with Wade Ormsby on the main tour, so uh, Benny has a, a good connection with Wade, and, um, and and Benny's been tracking quite well, actually. He's uh, He sort of hasn't taken a step backwards, but he hasn't taken a big step forwards yet, so uh, we're probably looking for him to, to make a big jump in the second half of the year. Um, and then this most recent week, I've been in Chicago and uh, the third major of the year for the women on the LPGA Tour. So uh, over there with uh, with Hannah Green, Minji Lee, Suo, um, and the girls have all just uh, have all just been selected. Or sorry, not Hannah, but the girls have just been selected in the international crown uh, for later in the year. So um, a couple of uh, another top top 30 for Minji this week. Um, and Sue and Hannah missed the cut, unfortunately, but the girls have decided to go home for their for their mid-season break, so to speak, before they attack the Scottish and, and the British British Open um, for the back half of the year. While we're on the PGA, Luke, in the over in the yeah. states over there last week, I saw Minji put a great photo on Instagram of all the Aussie girls in a big group. There was our own Stacey, and there was obviously Minji, Sue, Catherine Kirk, Sarah Jane Smith. Uh, Becky Kay and Grace Kim as well. Hope I've forgotten anyone. Hannah Green. Was Kari in it? Kari was there in the middle as well. It was a great photo. I thought it was just the whole sort of collective, and you could tell they had a great week together. How was the week uh, for all the girls, and especially for Becky and Grace as part of the um, Kari Webb Scholarship Program? Yeah, so obviously a fantastic uh, opportunity for the two girls um, after finishing the highest-ranked amateurs in the country the last 12 months. Uh, and this year they changed from the US Open to to the KPMG. So, so Kari had organised a dinner on the Monday night that was all the Australian uh, Australian women on the LPGA. Uh, and they got together and had a dinner. And I think it was uh, pretty cool for the, for the girls to connect. They were obviously all different ages. Um, but, you know, some have been on tour like Kari for a long time versus, say, Hannah as a rookie year. So um, I know that, you know, the big sort of comments and... I suppose uh, themes for the week was how everyone was tracking and how people like to travel and play and practice. And I know Becky and uh, Becky and Grace were um, just on cloud nine all week. They got to go to the Champions Dinner on the Friday night uh, for previous winners, uh, major winners on the LPGA. So uh, yeah, the girls had a great week. That's outstanding. Isn't that great. awesome? Yeah. I just think this is a great thing that oh, really Australia true. does. I, I think. Listening to the guys who have had the experience having been on the road a little bit the last couple of years, the chance they get just to hear the accent, as Luke says, and, and just feel at home and relaxed for a little while, even a short little time in a long, grueling touring year, uh, I would imagine, without any reference of knowing what Ryan Ruffles is feeling mentally right now, that he'll walk out of there this at the end of this week in a better frame of mind mm. than when he arrived in Houston. Yep. That's invaluable. Uh, for someone who's trying, he's just a name that we continue to use. Of course, but, yeah. But there'll be another ten examples of that, Andy. I reckon this week from the Woodlands in Houston. Luke, I'm sure you agree with that. Um, is there somebody that, in terms of their physical development, you know, their, their body shape, how far they're hitting the ball, uh, strength, uh, development of their game? Is there somebody who the last from the last time you saw them? until the most recent time you've seen them, you thought, gee, that's 
that that individual has made a significant growth in you know the the kind of the physical aspect of their game. Um, I suppose the the one that the one that sticks out for me, and you know, we're talking about guys that have been through this camp, you know, most in most recent years. I suppose Cam Davis uh, was here last year, uh, and he had you know he's based in Seattle at the moment, or has been for sort of a good eighteen months to, to two years now, and, and he came in last year. Um, having had a sort of a rough start by his own admission to the start of the year and he had his coach here, he had Ryan Lumpton 3D, uh, Dean Kinney the New South Wales uh, Performance Director and and um, as well as Matt Green, his physio, so the, the guys all got together and sort of used it as a almost, you know, for Cam he, although he was here amongst all the Aussies, he used it as a as a real um, you know individual training camp, he got he had his whole team here and then obviously you know, six months later, he's uh, the Australian Open champion and, and has since gone on this year and also won a Web.com event. So for Cam, who's, you know, famously has the, the right hand and the left-handed swing on uh, YouTube, I'm sure uh, you guys have seen. Um, <laughs> Makes you, you know, sick every has... time you look at it, but yeah, we have. Yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, I mean, he's he's extremely, extremely talented uh, young man and it's just so good to see that it was him sort of coming back to connect with things that he'd done probably two or three years previous as an amateur um, and to repeat that again as a pro and, and sort of kick on like he'd done, you know, 12 to 18 months earlier as well. It was, it was nice to see in the last 12 months um, and good reward for, for his hard work and, and his team, I definitely think. Luke, uh, what's your favourite Texas beer? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's nothing good in this state. <laughs> nothing, nothing good at all. Wow. No, no. This is an open line. That's You're going to get a lot of trouble. Yeah. It's a global. It's a global program. <laughs> George Bush Senior will be listening to this. Yeah, he's a regular listener. Is he still? I'm not sure. I think still, he is. He's yeah, still, he's still, with still us. before junior, my time. Junior then. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, we look. We better let him go to bed. Yeah, we got to let you go to bed, mate. We really appreciate it, and hope you um, have some safe travels. It's obviously been hard work getting there, so appreciate you staying up for us this late, and uh, and wish the best to to mm. all the young fellas and ladies there. They're from all different walks of life, and uh, we're right in their corner. Yeah, beautiful. Thanks, guys. I appreciate the call. Good on you, Cheers, Luke. Keep up the good work. Uh, Luke Mackey, sports medicine and performance manager of Golf Australia. We should go over there and do I mean, a podcast. You yeah. need to get over there and document all this sort of stuff yep. for posterity. I'll bring the camera. Exactly. Hazy, can you make sure that we get over there? I'll do a week of radio from over there, and we need to do a couple of podcasts from over there at Woodlands, <laughs> I reckon. We need to be part of this. Yeah, we definitely do. I think there's a few things that you've put on my list of uh, things to do, Andy, but that's definitely on them. Um, <laughs> hearing Matt Cutler, who's you know, one of our own here, talk about that and what it does is, is a real eye-opener. Um, you know, Obviously, it's fun for the guys and girls to catch up socially, but they do a power of work there um, away from that, and... It's incredibly beneficial. I think it's a great thing Golf Australia does. I know it's the envy of uh, a lot of other countries. I think people listening to us talk to Luke and have you guys explain what this is, uh, I think everybody will think, geez, they're going beyond. Like, GA is going beyond the call of duty there. They probably don't need to do this. You know, mm. like, once you have done the developing of your young talent, you, you send them on their way. What more can you do? But I think this is a fantastic commitment that the organisation makes to make sure that, okay, we've done our, we could be seen to have done our bit, but we've got to make sure we keep looking after these people. You know, yeah. this is a way of doing that. Um, and you've got access to the coaches, um, from, particularly from around Texas, um, 
I've just forgotten his name now. The our legendary Texan Cam coach, McCormack. Cam McCormack yeah. was there last year, and um, you, you know, to have there was there were seasoned PGA pros came and visited and talked to the guys and girls there last year. You know, that that doesn't happen. No, it's great. So. It's great. Um, look, we'll get a break out of the way here on Inside the Ropes. There's a few bits and pieces we've got to wrap up with on the other side of this. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a tick. Hi, I'm Minji Lee, and I'm proud to be an ambassador for MyGolf, Australian Golf's National Junior Program. One of my favourite things about coming back to Australia is seeing all the kids getting into golf. My golf is every Aussie kid's first step on their golfing pathway. It's all about fun and friendship, learning golf and life skills in a safe and healthy environment. Sir, if your child is between 5 and 12 years old, be sure to find a program near you at mygolf.org.au. This is Rebecca Arda, professional golfer on the LPGA. Don't forget to listen to the podcast Inside the Rope. Catch up on all the golfing news around the world. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to Inside the Rope. It's great to have Luke Mackey on the show. Now, Hazy, he has been, and I know you have some of this too, Justin, he has been you know, keeping up to date, touching base with a whole lot of the Australian players around, um, around the world. Yeah. It's at that important moment where, you know, we're looking at money lists and players trying to keep their cards and mm. keep their jobs. How are we placed at the moment? Well, we did some research and it is, you know, as we... First time for everything? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, you scared me because when I heard you were coming on here, I didn't have to... I had never had to worry about it until now. Standards yeah. have risen all of a sudden. Yeah. We don't like that. Especially the amount of hair, Andy. It's, don't go talk. It's don't almost, you talk. It's almost doubled. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, I'm uh, letting the side down over this side of the table. <laughs> but what what I have done is actually written down basically where we all stand. All the men's and women's tours around around the world. Um, I apologise if I've neglected a few. We won't go through every player, through but, more, but yeah, just um, those who are flying and those who are in need of some money. Correct. And so we'll start off with the with the uh, previously mentioned and loved USPGA Tour uh, the, on the FedEx Cup standings. Jason Day, you know, we sort of sit there and go. Is he having a great year? Isn't he? He's won twice. Yeah. Uh, he's got another couple of top finishes, and he's fifth on the FedEx Cup. That's and okay. what, what else can you say? Mark Leishman, nineteen. Cam Smith, forty-three. Um, interestingly to me, Adam Scott, one hundred nine. Mm. Um, it, that's that couldn't go either way. Mm. I mean, he's starting to. If he doesn't do something soon, trending towards the one twenty-five, where you know things start to get a bit more serious. He's clearly not going to have to worry about getting too many invites and things like others, but you know it is trending in the wrong direction yep. for him, unfortunately. The interesting thing with him as well, I think, is the major exemptions. We obviously saw the one for the US Open this year. He had to qualify, got through. He's in the Open this month, but that's only through a President's Cup exemption for being on that team. That's his only exemption in the Open, so I'm not sure if those are going to... Obviously, the Masters won't dry up, but... Mm. He's got to keep playing well if he wants to keep getting into those Absolutely. fields. So just the other names, Baddeley, Jones, Chalmers, Percy, Appleby, Pampling and Ogilvy, all in that critical sort of 125 to 200 list where you're likely to have to go back and play against mm. the top 75 from the web.com tour. So there's a lot to sort of transpire in that in that bracket for the Australians. And the women's side on the LPGA tour, hats off to Minji Lee, who's... I think she's only won once, but she's been clearly the most consistent player, maybe in an argument with Arya Jatanagan, uh, area. She's, I, 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 sorry. I, no, no. I can't believe I just called Arya again because I'm going to get, str- I'm going to get courted. <laughs> karma revisiting itself upon you for every time you've ridiculed me for Harun Naruma. <laughs> 
Th- Narum is a spot on the New South Wales Aruma. coast, Andy. Oh, beautiful Aruma. spot too. Aruma. Oh no, I nearly chucked with Dougie Hawkins. Namura. Namura. Narooma. Good golf course at Narooma. Oh, oh, fantastic. Hogan's Hole. Oh, beautiful. Um, Suo, Sarah Jane Smith, Hannah Green, Catherine Kirk, all safely in the top 100, between 48 and 63, actually. The one we've got to look out for is Rebecca Artis, who at 116 needs to gain about 20 spots to, ha- to keep her hand on a card for next year without going through the hard yards mm. as she did last year. So best of luck to Rebecca Artis uh, in the coming weeks. Um, I don't even know where we want to go, Andy. But the European tour, what European, have you got over there? Well, Cam Smith's the highest-ranked Australian, oh, strangely yeah. enough, just based on his Masters performance yeah. primarily. But really interesting, we heard um, reference by Luke Mackey earlier, Wade Ormsby, mm. uh, and a trip from uh, Coley over there has obviously paid dividends. He had a great result um, in France, and he's rocketed up to 35th, which is a great thing. And he's you know got a hand, or he could almost book his ticket to the to Dubai. He's going now. well. He's playing really well. Yeah, really well. Scott Hend is interesting. He's sort of starting to gather a bit of momentum. And he's 75th. Jason Scribner's going well at 78th. Adam Bland, 89th. And then we get down into the... There's an absolute truckload of guys who uh, are going to need to find something mm-hmm. special. I won't go through them all, but there's plenty. And on the secondary tour there, the big news, we heard about Ben Eccles starting to gather a bit mm-hmm. of momentum. But Dimi Papadados, another great um, result there in Europe. And he's back to 12th again on the Challenge Tour standings. 15 will go through to get their big card. And that's, uh, you know... It's, he's he's going well, the big yeah, fella. Yeah. Can't wait to talk to him again if that comes off. Um, on the American equivalent, the web.com tour, Cam Davis. Now, we talked to him a few weeks ago, and he was very calm and confident and not worried if he didn't finish in the top 25. But I think, listening to him, I think he thought he was pretty good. Well, mm. golf's a funny game. so quickly, mm. especially on the web. It's oh, 20, 23. He's down to 23. So the top 25 are the automatics uh, going through. And every step you take down is a lesser card you get next mm. year on the PJ Tour. So really would like to see Cam just bank a couple of big checks yeah. in the coming weeks and just yep. take another couple of steps back up. Ryan Gibson coughed up a big chance at the weekend, a pretty ordinary last round, and slid to 28th when something much better was beckoning, unfortunately. Brett Druitt, 44th. Jamie Arnold, 61st. Curtis Luck, 71st. And Cam Percy, 93rd. So... A lot of work to be done for a couple of the veterans there, and we really would like to see Curtis Luck. Mm. Um, he, he's not playing bad golf, but he's just becoming a victim of the stupid scores you need to win on that tour. Nineteen was it on the weekend? There's some ridiculous score to make the cut on the. It doesn't. I've got the numbers in front of me, but to make the cut on the weekend was crazy low. I on saw that one tour. one guy had uh, four rounds in the sixties and finished sixty odd. Yeah. Something. I mean, it's just such hard it's golf insane. to make a living out of over there. Uh, on the Asian tour, Daniel Nisbet, a uh, name we haven't sp- spoken much of, but he's our best-performed pl- player at the moment, 13th. There's a, there's a host of guys sort of within touching distance of doing something special there. Terry Pilkadaris, uh, a grizzled veteran. I've got to get him on. He's, a, he's an absolute <laughs> lunatic. He's 21st. He's fantastic, uh, and that's great for someone who's been over in that neck of the woods for a long time without much recognition. Um, I'm... I'm just rolling through my cards here. The McKenzie Tour mm. is just three three events in. Ruben Sonjaja and Brett Coletta, both or 30 and 31 respectively. So that's that's a good start for them. And on the Latino America Tour, um, Harrison Endicott's going well. Mm. Um, really good fist of his first year as a pro. Ryan Ruffles, 44. I don't think we can say the same for him. Like I think he expected better of himself. Mm, so I'm sure he did. Yeah. So it's a critical time for him at that camp to sort of 
um, find something, I guess. Mm. I, you know, it's not a disaster, 44th on that tour, but um, it's not where he wanted to be, that's for sure. So, and the Symmetra Tour, Andy, is the, probably the last one that I haven't mentioned so far. Uh, not good news there. So yeah. we're a long, long way from the from the dance there. Su Jin Lee, Selena Yuan, and Steph Na, who's a great young lady, unfortunately on the wrong side of 100 there on the rankings and will need something special in the coming weeks. All right, well, Coop, there's some names there for us to watch and um, really pull for in the next couple of, you know, next month and a bit, so... I we'll forgot. I that. forgot one thing, and oh, I'm still I'm still struggling that? to find it. Japan golf tour. Oh, you're going. <laughs> so many tours. So many names over there. Look at all the work it's, you've done. It's highlighted it everywhere. Uh, Brendan Jones is our best there at 13th. Uh, Anthony Quayle's 24th and going yep. really, really well. Um, there's a there's actually um, two, three, seven guys in the top hundred on the Japanese tour, which is fantastic, including Wanjun Lee, who was the best non-Japanese player last week. Um, He's just the forgotten man of Australian golf. Uh, he did really well, and he's up to 86. The name I didn't mention there at number 18 was Matt Griffin, mm. yes. who um, is very confident. Um, I, I actually bumped into him at Los Angeles Airport the other day, Andy, and uh, he was very confident about what's coming up for him and he's, Good. that he's done enough already to get his tour and uh, get his card for next year and get where he wants to get to in terms of exemptions into big tournaments and things. Looks like he's just found a place up there, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, this happens brutal. to some Australian players. He's found a little place up there, and it's great to see. Yeah. We'll, um, we'll ask him a question next time he comes on. But he finally took a week off at a time when he's got a bunch of mates up in Maine in the United States who've been at him to come and play a tournament there. That, you know, you can have invites and ring-ins and whatever. And he went up there for the first time. He'd been asked a few times, apparently. I might be putting a bit of mail on this, but he's, <laughs> he's, he's gone up there to Kenny Bunkport, <laughs> where you're... Uh, where, yeah. one of, where you're some of your presidential mates hang out, Andy, <laughs> uh, in Maine, and he's gone up there and cleaned them up. So, um, good on him. Good on him. It's taken us a long time. We haven't mentioned the name Tiger Woods yet, which is some sort of world record. Extraordinary. <laughs> I know you want to talk about him. Oh, who doesn't? He... It's weird. He's just sort of... It was his second best finish for the year, tied fourth. Mm -hmm. He started the year in 1,199th on the world rankings. He's gone up to 67th, which is pretty extraordinary. Obviously, he was coming from you know a long way back, but he equaled Molinari for the week with the most birdies in the field. He had 21. Uh, he still finished, I think it was eight back of Molinari. But everyone was talking about his putting. He, I think it was the middle of last week, he went to a new putter, yeah. a mallet type mallet, putter, yeah, and yeah. it's enough to send everyone absolutely bonkers on <laughs> people going nuts. Tiger's got a new putter and there's nothing more important in the whole world. He, it was just interesting. He sort of, he finished strokes seventh for strokes game putting for the whole field, but he was last inside 10 feet. I think he missed, I can't remember the exact stat, but he missed 13 putts inside 10 feet or something like that. Um, it's, he's, I was going through statistics. I mean, you could read them all day. Just, it's fascinating. Apparently you have. I have. I literally, yesterday morning, don't tell my boss. It is just the work off the tee is still a problem, but I found the most intriguing thing that I found is putts per round. So this is across the whole season for the whole tour. So putts per round in the first round, he's seventh with 27.8. Second round, he's eighth on the tour for 28 putts. The third round, it gets a little bit worse, 45th. In the final round, he's 152nd for putts per round. Gee whiz. That is an extraordinary statistic. I saw that and I thought, oh, is that? It's amazing. How can he be seventh and eighth in the first two rounds and then 152nd in the fourth round? I don't know. That's, that, is that is a very interesting statistical observation. 
I'd love to contrast that. We'll set you some homework, maybe, with your statistical I've prowess. I've homework since 2010. Maybe. <laughs> this but it, maybe to compare that to when, you know, 2000, when yeah. he seemingly didn't miss a putt no. when he had to make it. So mm. presumably his fourth-round putts were, you know, as low as they ever have been. There's a funny thing. That there's a funny dynamic as an extension of Tiger, you know, coming back this year mm. and sort of being on the edge of contending the way he has been often. It's like... There's such a focus on Tiger, particularly with the American coverage, that when Tiger doesn't win, it's kind of like, oh, well. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you know, he won. Yeah, good on him. But, you know, Tiger. It wasn't Tiger. Yeah. And and I don't know whether that's affecting my uh, viewing enjoyment of golf on the poop, but I found it, I find the PGA Tour a bit flat this year because of that. No, maybe it's just because of the focus on Tiger and, it's unless he wins, there is this inevitable and inescapable kind of letdown for all of the people who are selling the tournament to us, i.e. the commentators. And um, I, I know whether I've been a victim of that or not, but it, I just reckon this is the inescapable reality of Tiger, that he's so big and he is everything to so many that if it's not him, it's kind of nothing, you know? And uh, it's just been a bit... Been a bit of a factor for me. I don't know whether anyone else who watches as much golf as we do feels the same way about golf in America this year, but it certainly felt that way for me. You need to watch it through the prism of your Gone Tiger Hayes style. Yeah, no, I need to let that get inside me. I think I was, I was with you, sort of this time last year when he was coming back. He wasn't coming back. Just talking with your mates as you do. I was in the camp of he can't, Mm, but he can't win. Just there's too many good players. I just was adamant, and he's not, it's not so it's so hard physically for him to get back to anything. People say, "Nah, he'll you, you didn't see him. You didn't." I don't know. Are you still holding that view? He's gotten so close to winning this yeah, year yeah, that yeah, that's I'm right. starting to think like, "Oh, it's maybe it's." Well, you're not roll. You don't rule him out. You don't rule him out now. No, no, you don't rule nah. him out when yeah. he tees it up. You think, "Well, I'm still yeah. sticking a fork in him in majors." Yeah, no, yeah, well. Um, <laughs> No. There's yeah, been a, I'm coming around. There's a bit of other stuff we need to get get through. Uh, some amateur tournaments I know you want to mention, and there's some um, golf, noteworthy golf being played up in Queensland. Yeah, so just on the amateur front for a little while, the, the Queensland boys and the Queensland girls amateur championship started today. We're recording on Tuesday afternoon at, at the Bagara Golf Club. Um, we obviously won't deal into too many results at this stage because depending on when people are listening, they'll be obsolete. But a quick shout early to Christian Butterworth of Noosa, and uh, my black booker for the upcoming summer of amateur golf, Andy, Thomas Heaton of the Australian Golf Club oh, in yes, Sydney. Of course, Dan. Yeah, no, we met him on the show last. Did we speak yeah, to we him did. last year? Yeah, yeah, he was a great yeah, young fellow. He's 66. Fella. The pair of them are four clear already after round one. But an even bigger shout to Izzy Taylor, who's an absolute unit, great character from the Sanctuary Cove Golf Club. 66 she shot in the opening round. Eight clear, if you don't mind, mm, after that. round one. So big shout to Izzy Taylor. Um, we love her work. Um, um, I, I keep going on the other amateur things. Actually, yeah, keep while, going. While you, yeah, well, yeah. yeah, keep going. Sorry, <laughs> there's so much going on at the at the world of golf. You think that winter is a dead time, but clearly not. The uh, British Ladies, oh, I should say the Ladies British Open Amateur Championship, Andy, which is you can call it the amateur in the men's, but you have to give it this ridiculous title in the women. Uh, was run and won, and by Germany's Leonie Harm, who became the first German to win in the 155 years of the tournament. Quick shout to here in the from Western Australia, a very uh, focused individual. was the only Australian to make it through to the playoffs, uh, the match play phase of the tournament. Uh, so I got knocked out in the round of 32 there. Well done to Hira. And across it in the, um, in the Netherlands, which was referenced earlier on by Luke, some really strong results 
at uh, the Royal Hay Golf Club. Uh, tournament won by Denmark's Nikolai Hoggard at seven under. But Blake Windred of Sydney, Hayden Barron of Perth, both within shouting distance at minus four and minus three, respectively. Great efforts. Ben Ferks and Dylan Perry, Will Heffernan also in the top 50 as well. So solid results from the Australian contingent in the Netherlands there. Uh, Channel 9 has got the rights to the World Cup of Golf. So that's um, worth putting on the just out there for anyone who's interested in where the media rights for these major events in Australia fall. So uh, if you're going to be watching the TV when that's on, rather than being at Metro, that's where you'll be watching it. Um, Some big news on the women's pro front, Andy, from the Australian perspective um, overnight. The international crown team was named. Oh, yes, of course, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and kudos. We, I mean, this is known probably in some respects. I mean, maybe Hannah Green could have had a huge championship at the weekend and done something mm. about it. But ultimately, uh, Minji Lee, Catherine Kirk, Sarah Jane Smith and Suo have been chosen to represent Australia, which is uh, great credit to them all. Mm. Importantly to me, Australia's actually seeded fifth, and I, I think that's a great result. Eight teams, a biennial team event, um, and you want to get you want to steer yourself clear of career in the United States for as long as you can in the draw. Mm. And I think see, being seeded fifth is going to put us much closer to playing England, Thailand, and Japan, which I think is more manageable um, for the team. But the other the other qualifying countries: Korea one, USA two, Japan three, England four, Australia five, Thailand six, Sweden seven. And Taiwan, eighth. Mm. Great result for the Taiwanese girls. Absolutely. Uh, it is the uh, 50th episode, so we're going to be a bit self-indulgent here just before we <laughs> wrap it up and get out of here. Favourite episodes? Uh, my favourite episode, I didn't realise it was actually episode number 32 until Greg Oakford informed me, but it was when we um, had Clates on absolute fire with Don't Take Our 30 Yards. <laughs> I think it's hard pressed for me, Andy, to go past anything that Clates does when he I'm winds up. You. I mean, I'm, I'm a pretender to the crown when I rant because he is a... He's a genius. Uh, the ask us anything's when Clates has the floor. Mm. Uh, that's it for me. What about you, Junior? Are mine you easily. Well, mine coincides with our most popular episode. We went back and we trawled through. It was episode seven last year. We had our first world number one on. We'd had major champions at that point, I think, but we had the world number one, So You On You, at the time. That's right. And I remember thinking we it was that morning, we're like, oh, we've actually got a world number one, <laughs> current this world number one point. on. And, uh, yeah, Sayon was great, and hopefully we'll be seeing her uh, early next year. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Indeed. Um, good to see you back, Hazy. Thanks, Murray. He's yeah. gone, the, the young, young fellow's gone right, I reckon. He has. He, he, up a couple are we going to make old... it to 51? Well, that's yet to be determined. Yeah. Well, I think you've done enough to sort of warrant yourself another start. Well, that won't be until the 100th, I told you. Big, <laughs> uh, big, big show performer. Yeah, big well, uh, we had to actually ask, Andy, to celebrate our, our 50th episode, we... A special, another special plea to our listeners. We do a lot of these. Um, we've asked. You sound a bit needy sometimes. <laughs> we do, yeah. we do, and I probably shouldn't do that. But we do ask <laughs> if you, if you do like the show, perhaps spread the message to a, fr- a golf loving friend of yours who hasn't taken up the podcast bug, and just get them involved because we'd love to keep building the show, and the numbers will help us be able to do that. Subscribe uh, any way you can, whichever way you get your podcast delivered. Make sure you subscribe. Leave us a nice uh, review and. Uh, if it's got five stars attached to it, then we'll generally give you a little mention. Like Spud Doodles. Spud Doodles. Spud Doodles, would you believe? Spud we doodles. contemplated not putting it in Spud, but anyway, he says, love the crew, 
Love the different guests, Oz content and topics raised. You guys are great for golf in Australia and your passion will ensure this wonderful game doesn't sink into mediocrity and fade away. From Peter Goik of Canberra. I never thought you'd say side boob on the podcast, but we ticked that off last year and I definitely never thought you'd say spud doodles. So. <laughs> this is what we aspire to do here on this program. All in 50 episodes as well. Magnificent work. Incredible. Uh, hopefully it won't be the last time we hear you on this show. You've yeah. done brilliantly well. Thank well done. You. Justin Falconer and Mark Hayes joining me, Andy Ma. Thanks to Luke Mackey for joining us on the show. It has been episode number 50 of Inside the Rose. Back next week to do it again. We'll see you then.